and welcome to this episode of Takumi Unfiltered. I am your host, Mary Keen Dawson, Group CEO of Takumi. Join us as we sit down with entrepreneurs and business leaders to take an unfiltered look at the issues and hot topics that marketeers, creators, and the society at large must consider today. Let's go. Today, I'm joined by Dawn Hucklebridge, director of Paid Leave for All, a growing national campaign to win inclusive paid family and medical leave for all working people. Dawn is a hugely respected expert in policy, politics and communications and is working tirelessly towards a solution for everyone to take time to care for themselves or a loved one without risking their job or paycheck. This need has never been greater than in the past year we've all experienced. So welcome, Dawn. It's wonderful to meet you. It's wonderful to meet you. Thank you for having me, Mary. Well, it's a real pleasure. And looking at your LinkedIn profile, as I did several times over the last few days, I am absolutely in awe of what you've achieved so far. Well done, you. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Perhaps you could tell me and the listeners a bit more about Paid Leave for All. I am happy to. Uh, So Paid Leave for All, as you said, is a growing collaborative of organizations fighting together to finally pass a national paid leave policy in the United States. And we were born uh, just a little over a year ago, actually, as a formal public facing campaign. But I think it's really important to say that the work had been going on for years and decades before that. And it was actually fairly coincidental that we launched um, at the end of 2019 with the belief that there would be a window to finally get this done in the US to pass a national family and medical leave law. And then not knowing, you know, just having launched publicly that we were about to be hit with a pandemic and that this would become, well, certainly had already been a crisis for families across this country and a greater crisis in the making. Didn't realize that this would just be put into such sharp focus mm. and, and magnified in such a powerful, powerful way that was both obviously a tragedy, an ongoing tragedy, but this this window, a, a new window of understanding in this country of how important it is to be there for our families and how something that, as, as you said earlier, is simply a given in most places yeah. in the world, um, we had to really have a new grappling with an understanding of. What do you think has been at work in terms of the psychological thinking here? As we discussed earlier on, when I first came to the United States, I was so surprised, you know, working with uh, my US colleagues that, you know, they didn't tell people when they were sick. Um, You know, they kind of hid it and stuff. I didn't really fully understand just how different the system is in the United States. And I know that there has been legislation passed um, not that long ago that does give some workers and employees paid leave for all, but there seems to be some exemptions. And I just wondered whether you could give us an understanding of that. You know, there's lots of theories about why this has taken so long to to pass in this country. Um, I'm sure I could spend hours kind of analyzing it with you. You know, certainly in many ways in the United States, we have had a go it alone approach. You know, I think a lot of people would say that, you know, Americans take pride in sort of this individualistic culture and, you know, some some libertarian streaks. But I think that what this pandemic showed us is that 
none of us ever truly goes it alone. Mm. And that we are so interconnected, whether we want to be or not, you know, if, if we have paid leave, but our, our bus driver doesn't, if our delivery driver, our neighbor, mm. anyone that we interact with, our teacher, mm. the person filling our prescriptions or checking our temperature at the hospital, if, if they don't have protections like paid leave, that will put all of us at risk. So I think it's something that I think other countries perhaps you know, for various reasons have had a more innate understanding of for a longer time. And I think this is something that we can no longer, we have to face. And um, I think there's an opportunity now to do it. And we have a mandate now. We can't go through another pandemic and not put these protections into place, particularly when you think about the frontline workers who are some of the least likely to have paid leave and other protections. Um, if we get through this and don't thank them with real policy and structural changes, that will be a, a huge loss. So, I mean, your contention is that basically it's in everybody's best interests that paid leave com- comes to pass for everybody. Is that right? Absolutely. And it's, you know, there's evidence of that because we have passed um, some paid leave laws in the States. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned that there has been a little bit of work done on this. And I, and I will say that that was one victory we saw last year is we did pass our first national paid leave policy of any kind, which was um, called Families First. Yes. It's the Coronavirus Response Act. Um, but it was temporary and it expired at the end of last year at the height of the pandemic. Wow. So it is incumbent on us. And yes, I should also add it laughed out over 100 million workers, many of them frontline and essential workers, many of them people of color and women, um, you know, the folks risking their lives to carry us through and to keep the economy going. You know, that's that's not enough and it's not acceptable. And so we are working day and night to make sure that we don't lose this opportunity. So what can you what can employers and employees do to actually help support this? You know, I think it is speaking out to your members of Congress, to your senators. Um, We have all kinds of easy tools on our website, uh, through social media, phone numbers, you know, petitions you can sign. But actually, I'm realizing I didn't address your early question, which was, is this good for everybody? And the answer is, it is absolutely good for everybody. It is good for every working family in this country. And it's also really important to note, and there's been a lot of media about this this week, it's really good for business. Um, and we know that from from evidence and research and looking at what's happening in the states that have passed paid leave laws. And we have actual evidence that there is a return on investment. There's a positive ROI for businesses that implement it. Uh, it makes people simply more productive. There's mm-hmm. higher performance. Um, people are happier. It turns out that happier workers tends to work out for everybody. There's less turnover. You don't, you don't have those costs. So uh, yeah, it is a win-win. I completely agree. I mean, uh, uh, you know, on a personal level and on a professional level, as as a female leader, I know how difficult it is if you're trying to juggle kids and education, schools and husbands and boyfriends or lovers or whatever. It can become your life is very complex, right? So getting sick is not on the agenda, even more so, I think, when you're talking about the pressures of the pandemic. I mean, everybody's been having a really tough time of it in the United Kingdom kingdom we introduced furlough for example and that's kept businesses going and uh, you know but here in the US I mean do you see that there's going to be a a legacy of change following the pandemic? I certainly hope so I will say I I am heartened by our new administration by the commitment that Biden and Harris have made to 
you know, they say it all the time and we say it too, to building back better Mm. that uh, we can't go back. There is no returning to a quote unquote normal. That normal was not working for most people in this country. Mm. And we again, have to use this opportunity and have to pass some really common sense things. You know, right now there are more than 30 million workers in the U S that don't have access to a single paid sick day, four and five do not have access to paid family leave through their work. There's a lot of people. And as we've seen, um, it's not functional and it impacts every one of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, I think what you're doing is is truly incredible and really, really want to support it. And, and as such, you know, if I could uh, take the conversation a little bit more into my area of expertise, which is the crater economy. I mean, you know, how do you feel um, about tackling, you know, policies for creators? I mean, who by their very nature, are, you know, tend to have uh, be a part of the gig economy in, in, in inverted commas, although obviously increasingly we're finding here in the United States and in Europe that people are making you know, a living out of being a creator. And this is a fantastic area where technology and human creativity collide. And when it's done well, it can be phenomenally successful. But I'd love to understand, you know, what your views are um, on how we actually bring social policy to this new world order that we're all part of. Well, I think that that's so important what you said, that this is an engine. When, when people aren't at the mercy of their employers for everything that they need to be healthy and well, you know, when they have certain givens and certainly when they have the guarantee of things like paid leave, it does open up a lot of creativity and and opportunities for um, new businesses and to be entrepreneurial. And uh, at Paid Leave for All, we believe in exactly that, paid leave for all working people. Um, And so that means whether you are part-time, whether you are a full-time, whether you are a gig worker, Mm -hmm. um, we want to be sure that it's something everyone can access. So how how are you mobilizing the community as such that really are being most massively affected by this? As you mentioned there about key workers and frontline uh, workers, how how do you mobilize people to take action? Well, the good news is we have a, you know, we are made up of more than 25 organizations on our steering committee and we make use of all of them. You know, some of them have huge memberships and grassroots reach. Some of them have really good digital memberships um, and social media impact. Some of them have, uh, they do organizing with workers, with small businesses, with different constituencies, with, with labor. And we're basically trying to harness all of that and as much as possible, keep it sort of organized and coordinated and uh, making sure that it's all being brought to bear in this important moment. Uh, but I think it is a, it's been a massive effort, particularly in a pandemic, when we don't have the usual tools, the usual organizing methods, that it so much has to be virtual um, and remote, but that also is an, an opportunity that we've tried to rise to. And so try to be really creative and think about new ways to find people and to reach people and new ways of using media and communications. Um, so for us, we think of it as this enormous challenge and opportunity for organizing and communications and focusing all of the work that our partners and our members are doing to make sure that we are reinforcing to this administration and to Congress that this can be done finally, and it must be done. Hmm. So what do you say to people? Because I have read some critical uh, arguments about paid leave for all. What do you say to people who, who very much sort of classify this as being a 
social or racial justice issue? I mean, what I say is that it's an everyone issue. It is indeed a racial justice issue and gender equity issue. It is also a disability rights issue. It's also a military families issue. It's Mm -hmm. a rural issue. It is a core economic recovery issue and public health issue. So, you know, people may want to call it different names, but at the end of the day, this is one of the most broadly supported policies in the country. Super majorities of Republicans and of Democrats and of independents support it. This is not controversial or divisive. We see this consistently. We've done all kinds of research and polling in really competitive congressional districts and and battleground states. And it's always the same, which is that this is one of the top relief and recovery issues that voters wanted. This seems common sense to them. You know, I think everyone can understand that there are times in each of our lives when we will need to give or receive care. And we shouldn't have to worry about losing a paycheck or losing a job because of that, because that's just simply a, that's all of our experiences. Absolutely. And there's lots of, of lessons that can be learned from other countries and societies which have had many years experience of having a paid leave for all policy, which I, I'm sure you you guys can learn from. And, oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's we, it's us and one other country that don't have any form of national paid leave. Um, who's, who's the other country? Papua New Guinea. My goodness, that is so, I mean, surprising and somewhat shocking that the most advanced nation on the planet. Uh... Exactly. I mean, I we often say sometimes the talking point people say is we're one of the only really wealthy countries or one of, one of the only industrialized countries. Yeah. And I say, actually, no, we're one of the only countries. I mean, this yeah. is, we are truly an outlier yep. um, and something that, again, is such common sense. Yep. And I did just want to say to your question about, you know, racial justice and, mm-hmm. and gender and This is an equalizer. This is something that will help make a more equitable economy. It will help keep women attached to their jobs. Black and Hispanic workers already have lower rates of paid leave. And as we said in the pandemic, uh, many of them were cut out of of access to the emergency paid leave program. So I think, yes, this is absolutely something that will address inequities that have long been in our country and in our economy. It will lift the economy as a whole. And that Mm -hmm. is going to be beneficial to all. Yes, I, I'm. I'm. I'm sold. <laughs> um, Dawn, you've, uh, if if you don't mind answering a couple of questions about your fantastic career today, and that, as I was saying earlier on, uh, you've done so much, and I'm sure there's a lot more brilliant work from you to look forward to. But I just wondered whether you could share with some of our listeners you know, any kind of like stories or lessons that you've learned from your past jobs that you've Mm. brought with you into this space? That's a good one. Um, Yeah, you know, I've, I've always worked in some way in in politics or in policy and in organizing. Um, I care a lot about communications about sort of the art of it, about Mm. storytelling and, and what it is that helps move people and helps change people or helps them take action. I've done a lot within sort of the gender space. Some would say, quote unquote, women's issues, although I, I think a lot of these issues are, are issues that impact every one of us. But I've done that both here domestically in the U.S. and abroad. And, and I think the one thing that I've noticed as true wherever I am is just not to make assumptions Mm. And that, you know, when you go to another country to work on a policy issue, you should never assume that you know what they want or need. 
And that's the same if you are going into a different community in the US, if you're going to a different state, yep. the importance of not making assumptions and of being uh, of being humble and of listening and letting the the people in their own communities decide what is best and, and what is helpful and, and, and leading that work. You spent time in London, is that right? I did. I got my master's at LSE, yes. Uh, my son was at, at LSE as well. He did government and politics. Very nice. <laughs> And um, but he found uh, actually he went and did an internship for with some politicians and that put him off working in politics. Oh. <laughs> that was the end of his political career. <laughs> that was the the beginning in the middle and the end of it. I wondered whether you know in your journey. I mean, you've obviously been exposed to Washington and the and the whole political kind of establishment. For those of us who've never been, you know, exposed to it, I mean, perhaps you could give us some feedback or some insights to understand, you know, what makes these guys tick, you know? Wow. You know, when I figure that out, maybe we'll have past paid leave. Um, <laughs> policy change is slow, often. Yeah. Um, but then it can happen all at once, too. But I think it's important to know that there's always been a body of work behind that. There has been... Mm -hmm. There's been years of organizing and not glamorous work and, and slow and sometimes painful work. Um, so I think it's, you know, when we get frustrated with the pace of things, and if certainly I get frustrated with Washington, but I, I do think it's important to remember that that's not necessarily new. It doesn't mean we shouldn't fix it and we shouldn't work on it and figure out um, how we make the people we elect work for us. But I think part of that, and this is, a, you know, a, a different part of my career is I think it's so important that we have elected officials who have different lived experiences and mm -hmm. who um, are more broadly representative of the people in this country. You know, I, I believe in electing more women and more people of color and people of different ages and different geographies. But I think also it's just about having a different a different kind of life and knowing what it means to have to worry about a paid sick day or to worry about taking enough time off after you've given birth or adopted a child. Or, you know, I think if, if you have never lived that, lived that fear, you know, it's, it's not going to be as easy to prioritize it, to say that we can't go another day because you've been all right. You know, it hasn't been, it hasn't impacted your family perhaps. So that's one thing I would say about a takeaway about kind of the overall political scene is I do think it's so important to have more diversity in office and, and more people who've, who've had all different kinds of life experiences. Yeah, we completely and utterly agree with that. We're, I mean, the business that I run is, we're very blessed in the fact that, you know, all of the creators and influencers that we have on our platform, we have such rich diversity. It's incredible. And I, you know, I feel particularly passionately about the fact that Gen Z are really like proactively like voicing concerns and being heard and they and they should be embraced but uh, we always encourage our clients uh, to work with as you know a truly diverse group of creators and influencers so that they reflect you know the target audiences and right. they're to be they're speaking to you know uh, the the racial and the gender equality agenda which is so important Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm sure this is something that comes up in your, your work as well is that um, having diversity when there's decision-making or creative processes, it, it always comes out with a better product, you know, that Most that is, definitely. yeah, that is better for the whole. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a better, a more creative, you know, it's going to be richer in the end.
It it really is. And I couldn't agree with you more. So finally, I just wanted to ask you, has there been or have there been any any people that you've come across in your career or in your life that you've you know thought to yourself that they've inspired you or that you've um, you know, you've aspired to perhaps? Yeah, you know, I would love to to shout out. Um, so I mentioned that the Paid Leave for All is a, a campaign of a number of organizations who all lead it alongside me and, and who have done this work for so long. And a, a lot of them um, have been women caregivers <laughs> who, at, when this pandemic hit, you know, we were all were in lockdown. We all were caring for children and family members full time around the clock. And also starting a war room to try to pass this law and to try to scramble to get something passed in this pandemic, to try to protect more people. Um, and they, you know, I call them my ops team. Um, they inspire me and they continue to. A lot of them actually work in the administration now, but they have, have inspired me that we were, you know, texting late into the night, first thing in the morning, meeting and 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 going back and forth and and you know, dividing and conquering all day while caretaking. And um, yeah, I think I think those women have really inspired me. And certainly there have been leaders throughout, you know, the advocacy movement and, and the business movement who have inspired me too. But um, I think right now it's a good time to appreciate the people that are closest to you. I couldn't agree more. I think that it's wonderful to be inspired and to love what you do. And you clearly, as you clearly do, and I think hopefully people know that I really love what I do too. But it's the people that are around you that share those passions that really make a massive difference and also make it worthwhile. So, I, you know, it's been a, such a pleasure talking to you. You truly are a very inspiring young woman, Dawn. Well, and I you. congratulate you. Thank you so much for for giving me this opportunity to talk more about paid leave. And and I hope folks listening will uh, get involved and care about it. Yes, uh, I I will encourage my guys to get involved. Um, And I want to thank you again for your time. It's been a pleasure and a privilege talking to you. And I look forward to watching your career develop because I'm sure you're going to go on to do even more amazing work. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Back at you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts, your tweets, your Instagrams and your feedback. And it's been lovely talking to you. If you would like to rate and review us, that would be great. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Takumi. That's T-A-K-U-M-I-H-Q. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Break.